0: Ha! Ah, this is Lee Mages. Last week on Ned Trek, the crew of the Free Enterprise was taken captive by a bunch of half-crazed neocon geeks. They stole Captain Romney's brain, and were fixing to use it for a doorstop. Until Ned and the others outsmarted them with peels of logic that would have confounded Euclid himself. Not sure who the hell Euclid was, but he must have been somebody smart, because he's right here in this here script, right next to the word logic. Qu- arch! Hey! Some lacquer like just poked me with a stick. I'm being told now that last week's episode was the one where Captain Romney's body was taken over by a crazed female dentist. Well, that's just outstanding. That boy has had him a month. Anyway, this episode coming up now features some outstanding performances by the most unlikely characters you can imagine. They even gave me the role of a lifetime. I'm going to go put on my fancy acting shoes right now. Stay tuned! Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length. Um, until we're cancelled, I guess. To seek out strange new commodities. Exploitable alien workforces. To brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. The transporter room is locked. Hey, open up in there, or I'll have the estate of Green Rottenberry sue your sorry Aberswithian butt off.
1: I, Mr. Pearl, I cannot open the door right now. I got a wee bit of business to take care of in here. Well, so do I, Welsh. You still haven't
0: fixed the ion shower in my quarters. Just look at me. I've got wiggly black lines drawn all over my head. I smell like a bus. Now let me in there so I can use the transporter to beam my
1: stench into deep space. You cannot use the transporter for personal hygiene. It's a very delicate piece of equipment. If you upset the delicate balance, we'll all be... Yes, yes, I know. Lost. Forever lost. Sweet Maroni's
0: Halo Welsh. Isn't there one piece of technology on this entire ship that we can use without putting our lives in
1: peril? Aye, there is, Mr. Pearl. That would be my pender and single mouth synthesizer unit, but you cannot use it. It's a very delicate piece of equipment.
0: Bridge to Mr. Welsh. Bridge to Mr. Welsh. This is Captain Willard Matilius Romney calling. Come in, Mr. Welsh. This is Captain Willard Matilius Romney.
1: Aye, Welsh here, sir. I know who you are. You have done an apt repeated a dozen times.
0: Welsh, this is Captain Romney speaking.
1: Ach, you pen-bach. Hey, that's Welsh for small
0: head, or poison trousers, something like that. Anyhow, you're pretty far off the mark, Welsh. The captain's head is enormous, and his trousers are as much an antidote to poison as any billionaires. Welsh, have you packed those drugs in cardboard yet? We're within spinning distance of the colony on planet Crawford too. In fact, I've asked Doc to hang his neck out in space and ping the planet's troposphere with one of his famous hawkers.
1: <laughs> hawkers. Oh, shut up, Willard. Welsh, just box up the stupid drugs and get them ready for beam down. And keep your indecipherable Welsh euphemisms to yourself. It's nay indecipherable, Mr. Ned. Your pen, Buck, got an 83 accuracy rating on YouSwear.com. At least it did 200 years ago in Earth's past, which continues to be a period of inexplicable fascination to us. Wait a minute, Ned. Mr. Walsh, what kind of
0: drugs are we carrying? Why are we beaming them down to what sounds like the lame 90s remake of a bad 80s
1: soap opera? I do not know what they are, but the label on the box says, For Motorol. For Motorol? That sounds valuable. Let me see. Pearl! Oh, just a little peek. I won't touch them, Mr. Ned, I promise. Oh, please! For God's sake, Walsh, open the freaking door and let Ass Man have a look. But if he reaches for his communicator and starts talking to his commodities broker, shut the bastard down. Oh boy, oh boy. Where are they, Welsh? Where are the nice, bright, candy-like pharmaceuticals? i they're over here by the transporter. You piggin'. Hey, Welsh was my mother's second language, you know. And I don't appreciate being
0: called a penis. Though I do appreciate that you didn't modify it with a yamickle, which means really small. Wait a minute, no, that's not Welsh, it's Vespuccian. I know that language too because my father drinks Vespucci milk. Now get out of my way! Let's see! Hey! Pretzels! Lousy stinking pretzels! What a chip!
1: What the? Dr. Bogoto? What are you doing here? I heard you ripping into my drugs over the intercom, and I had to come down and stop you before you spoiled the whole shipment. That bag you opened cost the Confederation 15,000 squat loads. 15,000 squat loads? For pretzels? Those are not ordinary pretzels. They were specially formulated by some of the Confederation's greatest medical minds. In other words, he means not Dr. Coburn, who's probably drunk in his cabin right now. I see. Mr. Beauregard, where's my goat cheese? And where's my badger bone waistcoat? Just see, the greatest medical minds in the galaxy made them up special for a very, very special patient down there on planet Crawford, Two. And before the horse jumps in to correct me, I did mean to say Planet. That's part of the name of this planet. So technically, it's Planet Planet Crawford 2. No freaking comment. Patient? What patient is he talking about, Ned? Oh, Jesus. Just stay there, you idiot. Willard and I will come down and explain it to your sorry ass. Or I will anyway after I explained it to his even sorrier ass. Finally! What took you so long, Ned? Tell me about it. Willard had to stop at his cabin so he could change into his yacht captain's jacket. On his way out, he brushed up against his bobble-headed fleet Captain Reagan porcelain miniature. And then we had to stand at attention and wait for the head to stop nodding. Only happens every freaking time we walk in there.
0: (laughs) Before I make a big decision, I like to make sure I have the full support of my superiors, Ned. That's de
1: Willard, if we did that, we'd have to hear from every half-wit jackass in the known universe that wears a $5 uniform.
0: Okay, Mr. Pearl, what's next on the agenda? Is this where
1: the ingots are made? Shut up, Willard! This isn't part of that stupid virtual tour of the Franklin Mint you were taking this morning. Pearl, not that it's any of your business, but those drugged up pretzels are for a special, um, patient down on Planet Crawford 2. Patient by the name of Commodore Bush. Commodore Bush?
0: You mean, my former patron and wartime advisee? He's tucked away on an obscure assisted living
1: planetoid? That's right, Pearl. Only keep your mouth shut for once in your life. Starfleet's command says we can't let anybody know about it. And if you weren't a total nobody, I wouldn't even be telling you. But, but why did they put him on Crawford, too? The man is a
0: legendary strategist. His mission accomplished in San Diego Harbor is required reading at the Academy. At least, it should be. I ghostwrote it for him. Made a bundle on it, too, though it took me three nights of solid work. The strategic part was easy, but it
1: was really hard to get his accent right. You wrote that? I read the book last year. Found it in a remainder's bin on Planet. I mean, Planet Buttersocus 4. It was contagious 70 pages. There were pictures here and there, so it wasn't too hard to bear. Better than the book that that guy who dresses like an ice cream man wrote. Much better! Pagodo, just crate that robot up and get it on board the Jupiter 2! Wait, wait! Do what to the who now? Oh Jesus, for a moment I forgot what dumbass show I was on! Just get the stupid drug shipment ready, you dumbass! When we reach planet Crawford, we're gonna drop it and run!
0: That's right, Doctor. Then you can see to that robot.
1: (laughs) Captain, we're approaching planet Clabbit Crawford 2. Shall I establish orbit around the... thing? It's
0: all part of God's plan, Mr.
1: Sulu. (laughs) Shut up, Willard. Sulu, just do the thing you usually do. Help the audience to pretend that you're making a pretend ship. Go around a big plastic planet with a light bulb in it. Um, I, sir. Sulu,
0: have somebody assemble a landing party. And make sure all the dinghies are clear from the landing before the party gets started. <laughs> oh, and have them crack open a case of the Dom Perignon 1961. The one with a royal wedding insignia on it. Commander Bush always liked that bottle. It's very shiny. I'll just have some restrained ocelot milk. <laughs> Be sure to sprinkle something green on it. I sir.
1: You sound a lot less surly than usual, Solo. Are you high on good and plenty or something? No, Mr. Ned I'm just up on the bridge Serendipity smiled on me Got a ticket to happy blast <laughs> Something barely worth my wife Took me into an iconoclast Had to wait about a decade Time sure
2: went by fast Now I've got
1: Next 10 seems off, but I, I don't smoke ah, Just gave more lights to the doctor, cause he can't deliver a joke ah, Yokels in outer space now that just can't get old Bridge. I'll, be up on the bridge. I'll be up on the bridge. You know right where the find me. Turn up the lights. You're the last one out the door. Ah. The break down the sets tomorrow. No one needs spaceships anymore. Ah. they go going more directions We almost won on the war. I, I, Just didn't have the ratings till we won and lost the war. Residuals with nothing. What's that dumb agency for? I'm managing another client. I guess I'm Okay. BOOM!
0: The year our brave Confederacy declared its independence with fierce volleys of cannon fire! Those Yankees in Fort Sumter were so terrified by General Beauregard's assault, their commander ran off and invented baseball! <laughs> hey! Looks like Daxman's sneaking into my logbook again! The lingering aroma of hickory smoked rib sauce should have tipped me off! Anyway, I assembled a landing party to accompany the shipment of life giving pretzels to the asylum colony on Planet Crawford 2. We were greeted at the landing site by the governor of the colony. Dr. Paul Wolfowitz. Probably not the same Paul Wolfowitz that was tragically killed for a cheap gag on the very first episode of Nedric. Now this would be another Paul Wolfowitz. Another Paul Wolfowitz. Think of it, folks. Anyhow, his hair is come back slick as an oil spill. Looks like he's expecting us. I uh, say,
1: Governor Wolfowitz, this is a mighty fine little quantity hut you've got set up down here just like those big barrel houses we used to live in way back in Oklahoma. My pappy would just slice an empty oil barrel in two with his miter saw, rinse it out with a little whiskey, and plant it in the good earth. Mama would dress it up nice with her prize-winning petunias and marigolds. Hey, I say, I recall finally cutting up my very first corn pig alongside that ramshackle home. What the hell are you talking about, Coburn? This planet is just a featureless hallway, like the ones we have on the ship set. Jesus, Willard, I told you to stop taking him on away missions, especially the ones that I'm on.
0: I know, Ned. (laughs) It's just that those scene transitions go by so fast, I don't even remember who I brought along on this trip. In fact, I'm surprised to see you here, and Mr. Stephanie Liu. (laughs) I can do this stuff in my sleep.
1: It's the only time that anything ever gets done. Jesus, did you bring Stephanie L, too? I wish this was a video podcast so I could see what the hell is going on.
0: We had to bring Stephanie L, Ned. Starfleet's regulations require that at least 12% of each landing party be comprised of expendable red-shirted personnel.
1: What? Pearl's here, too? Can't we just leave him home drawing up invasion plans with crayons? Mother of freaking corn. I say, Mr. Ned. Your foul manipulation of that particular turn of phrase borders on the blasphemous. I demand that you keep your implications of bestiality to yourself. We are nearing a barnyard, sir, a rural citadel, if you will. And once there, I do insist upon a certain decorum. Oh, shut up, Coburn. Stop it. You'll hurt your throats. But go to too. Willard, you brought the whole darn crew down here. Who the hell is driving the ship, you latter-day dumb dumb? Oh right, the stupid plot! <sighs> so Governor Wolf Wiz, pleased to meet you, I'm sure. So where's the
3: freaking patient? He's in the day room, gentlemen. At the end of the hall, right behind that stack of Kenneth Micaiah books. All signed, by the way, if you're interested. You should buy them, you know. To do so is a moral imperative, like invading Iraq, and Syria, and Iran, and Iraq again.
1: Yeah, nice try. Just lead on for corn's sake.
3: By the way, Mr. Horse, it's Governor Dr. Wolfowitz, M.D., I am now a doctor of intergalactic environmental psychology. Hey,
0: I thought you had a PhD in political science from the University of Chicago, fabled citadel of our most holy apostle of self-enrichment, Milton Bradley Friedman, creator of life!
3: He means the game of life, Jesus! He also invented Twister. That notwithstanding, I am now a doctor of intergalactic environmental psychology. Impressive title, Governor!
0: You know, when I was your age, I always wanted to be a doctor. I remember practicing on the household indentured servants when I was five or six. Poppy lent me one of his ledgers so that I could track all their accounts, and when they fell behind, I sent all their names to
3: collections, just like a real doctor! (laughs) Um, actually, I'm 71. I think I'm older than you are, Captain. Anyhow, what we have here is an asylum, although we loathe to use the word asylum it sounds bad. And we're keen to make it sound good. Here we make the patients pay for their own incarceration. Something we make sure they can do before we invade. I I mean, before we admit them. And what have you gotten them to admit to so far?
0: Did any of them steal the Limburger gravy?
1: Limburg, baby, you idiot. Just never mind what he says, wolf of dicks. What are all these anyway? Jail cells? Goodness, no. There are elite guest rooms. Over there is Elliot Abrams' cabin. And this one belongs to Condoleezza Rice.
0: Oh, Captain Romney.
1: Well, hello, Madam
0: Secretary. Catching up on some national security briefings in there, are we? (laughs) Hey, what's that crumpled memo on the floor? Hmm, bin Laden determined to strike inside the U.S. I think that was meant for the bin, right? (laughs) Looks like you've underpitched it. Here, let me sink it for you. Ding. No, you must listen. That's not Governor Wolfwitz, It's an imposter. An imposter? I don't know. Looks like the same old Wolfie to me. Once you've sent a man through a fraternity spanking machine a couple of times, you know I'm coming and going. Yep, that's his fanny.
1: <laughs> now, Candy, don't upset the nice gentleman. They've come here to see the Commodore. I see.
0: Oh, Captain Romney when you talk to my husband. I mean to Commodore Bush. Tell him that I need to get on his schedule
3: for next Thursday at 3.15, and I don't mind sharing a seat again with Dick Cheney's colostomy bag.
0: Right now, Conde. <laughs> she was named after condiments. That and rice.
1: The Commodore's cabin is right up ahead. You can see him now, all except for the talking horse. You'll have to wait out here, I'm afraid. What? Why the hell didn't you tell me that before? I could have stayed on the freaking ship and enjoyed a near idiotless environment!
0: <laughs> That's okay, Ned. You stay out here with the medicated blintzes. The rest of us will go in and talk to the burning bush! I'm hoping to score some sacred tablets by beamout time! <laughs> Captain, we're not going to the top of Mount Ararat, are we?
1: That's where Noah crashed his stupid ark, you idiot! Somehow in a worldwide ocean! He managed to hit something. The guy couldn't drive a freaking rowboat. The burning bush was on Mount Sinai.
0: That's right, Ned. It's where Moses triumphed over that blacklisted Edward G. Robinson. My great-great-granduncle Efren kept his collectivist golden calf as a souvenir. I used to wear it on a chain around my neck back in the disco 70s. (laughs) Worked better than my old Italian horn. Did a lot of doodah dancing back in those days. Oh, yeah.
1: (sighs) Would you just go in? I've got a word to sell in about an hour. That's him over there.
0: What, in the painter's smock? In front of that childish canvas? Are you sure that's Commodore Bush? It's me, Pearly. He's tricked you. <laughs> That last belly he showed you wasn't me. It was a cardboard cutout that looked like me. That's all. Hey, can you pass me that tube of cantaloupey paint? I'm rendering a likeness right now. Or
1: or I'd like to send somebody else to do it. Someone with a submarine. (laughs) He's been saying that for weeks now. Our staff can't figure out why.
0: Howdy, Commodore! You know, I loved your early records. Especially that country crossover one about having a good time. Hey, would you be willing to sign Lionel Richie's name on this rutabaga? It's for my son, Tag. Willie? Willie Romney? I knew you'd be here today. Gosh, Commodore. How did you know? I painted it, see? The paint never lies, Pearly. You see? Just look at the canvas. Uh, yeah, that's... that's great, Commodore. Why, it looks like a... a disturbing hodgepodge of different shapes and, uh, colors. It's very perceptified of you. Why, that blob there? That's Captain Romney. And this big, bulbous brown one over here, that's you, Pearl, eh? Over there is Ma, or Mama Toad, as I used to call her. I also used to call her Gilman. <laughs> She's peering at the two of you like nobody's business. Hey, <laughs> I know that look. You better both watch your fannies. Uh, great, but I haven't been able to see mine in some time. And this here circle shape is whatever that satchel thing is you're carrying. What is that thing, anyhow?
1: Gentlemen, I caution you. Don't tell them about the drugs. He's very
3: resistant to the idea of reparative therapy. It's just some snacks in the bag, Commodore. These nice men brought you some nice snacks. Isn't that nice? That's right, Poppy. We brought you some
0: nice crunchy pretzels. Nothing life-threatening about a pretzel. And don't worry, there's nothing in them that will make you uh less crazy. <laughs> yeah, like for Motorola. There's none of that stuff in those things. I don't take pretzels anymore. Even if they have motor oil in them. they? And I ain't taking nothing that's going to interfere with my artistry or 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 my artistic ability. It's something that's been part of me from the very beginning. A call
1: Oh, Commodore, these pretzels are the kind you like. Remember how you'd eat them while watching sporting games? Back at the White House? Commodore, remember? White House? White House? What? White House?
0: Wait a minute. No, nothing. You know, I had a first cousin twice removed who was a know nothing. In fact, he helped me formulate my immigration policy back in hot 12. Yes, indeed. He was one of my chief advisors until I found out he was Irish. That's when I had him removed. Twice. The first time didn't stick. He had to come back for his magic shillelagh.
1: That was his umbrella, you idiot. I could hear every word you say, you know. Hey, was that that horse I heard? No, Commodore. It's just an orderly with your evening medications. I'll get them for you. Jeez, Commodore Bush. You
0: hardly seem like the same man I knew in... Conned. I mean, I mean neocon all those years ago, but judging by the, um, quality of your paintings, I guess you come by your talents naturally Bet I knew where you were You were painting flowers Out in the full sun Losing track of days Barking at the full moon Out of power, out of grace portrait and your face Naturally that's, that's Naturally Naturally that's, that's I'm hearing repair You that's get truly. your own treat Naturally You were once so key in so the company came. of generals oh. Bored with all invasions Bored with all invasions Bored with all now it's all about your crown. I'm Every
1: grade of
0: paper. To best it was the crown. That right. it was the but crown. Brought you to this fate.
1: away from the Commodore before he goes into some kind of rockabilly-induced funk. I swear, you a talking
0: horse, just like the one I painted, see? <laughs> Ned's right, Mr. Pearl. Your gay little song is destroyed, King. I wish you'd never come to Siam. Why don't you and Mr. Stephanie Lou go out and play? I hear there's a jungle gym on the property. You can swing like chimps and throw feces at one another. <laughs> All right. Come on, Stephanie L.
1: Yes, sir. Where's that orderly with a medication trolley? Willard's got King and I syndrome again? Or some kind of idiototosis?
0: Good man, El Stefano. Vaya con dios, mi amigo. And take Ned with you while you're at it. He knows all about chips.
1: I can still hear you, you know. Hey, I painted that too.
0: This place is so unspoiled, to think it's been hanging here in space like a piece of overripe fruit, just waiting to be plucked by a hungry and enterprising passerby. It
1: was unspoiled, until you got here. Your rankness is permeating it. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to do what a racehorse does. And I don't mean winning the Preakness. There's gotta be a can on this planet somewhere. My bet is on that horse barn over there. it now, Pearl?
0: No horses. This barn isn't even built for them. Just storage for other TV shows. There's some reels of self-destructing tape from Mission Impossible. This is the Nixon Android, Mr. Ned. I've been monitoring your progress on this mission, and I wondered if someone wouldn't mind sending up a few boxes of those reels of tape. We can use the slingshot effect to go back in time and replace the regular incriminating brand tape that we used to use.
1: Shut it, Nixon, and quit tying up the line. Come to think of it, we haven't seen any horses on planet Planet Crawford 2. Not even a carousel nag. What the hell kind of dump is this, anyway? It's like a jigsaw puzzle. All one color. No guide for. Stick to the script, Pearl. No freestyle quoting of other shows from parallel universes. Oh, come on, Ned. I was just about to go off and into a profound Commander-esque soliloquy. What the hell is this all about, anyhow? First Commodore Bush doesn't even want to see me, and then his horse barn doesn't have any horses in it. Sir? What is it, you watered-down sixth-generation non-entity? Sir, I think I know the answer, sir. It's about Commodore Bush. Whatever. Just roll the tape, you mutant.
2: Aye, sir. (coughs) He's here because he's scared, of course. The brain will get trampled by a horse, or bitten, or kicked, bludgeoned, or thrown. Act my nightmares follow him like a drone. Push that.
0: Explains a lot. Now, what do we do? We've completely demystified his character. What the
1: hell are we going to talk about for the rest of the show? We can talk about what a jackass both of you are. Bridge to Mr. Dead. Bridge to Mr. Dead. Not here. What is it, Sulu? Mr. Dead, I can't raise the captain. I have to tell him something.
0: Oh no! Are the Abomulans attacking? I'd heard that they were gonna round us all up, load us into cattle cars, and ship us off to rot and empty Walmart distribution centers. Maybe they've already flipped you, and you're trying to lure us back to the ship. Or maybe you just can't see them because they're using cloaked helicopters. But I still know they're black.
1: Uh, no. It's not the Abomulans. Any encounter with them usually starts with a surrender. ...followed by the delivery of one of those edible arrangements with an elaborate card thanking us for accepting the surrender. No, the captain has a phone call, that's all. I'm actually hoping it's word of my transfer. What the hell? Why isn't Willard answering the freaking phone? There's nothing down here to keep him busy but a bunch of crackpot washouts and their double crackpot advisors. The Nixon Android has tried all hailing frequencies, sir. At least I think he has. He broke into Doc's Kentucky Bourbon, and now he's seeing triple, so he might have only tried a third of them. Breaking in, Mr. Ned. Couldn't help but overhear
0: that last conversation. This seems like a good time to remind you that you can never trust what comes out of the Oriental mind. There's a lot of truth to the notion of their inscrutability as a race act in unpredictable ways and conceal their devious intentions behind a veil of malevolent silence, made all the more unnerving by the strangeness of their appearance. In my humble opinion, every man Jack Chen of them has a face made for white phosphorus and napalm. It's hard not to hate them for all the incendiaries they made me drop on their children.
1: Uh, Mr. Dead, I'm going to sign off now. I wouldn't want Pearl to get too upset over hearing me tell Nixon to fuck a satellite and die. I could block my ears. That's fine. We're going to check on Willard to make sure he didn't get lost in his sacred underwear or something. Not out. Come on Pearl, Stephanie, look lively there. Willard! Where the hell are you? You idiot! You again. I told you to stay away from the Commodore. Yeah, yeah, sure you did. And now we know why, wolfish shits. It's because your Commodore's afraid of horses, right? No, that's not true. He's. he's just got a horse hair allergy. That's all. No supreme commander of the universe could be afraid of horses. Supreme Commander, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing at all.
0: Ah, the original landing
1: party! Finally! Where were you, Willard? Squirreling away some ancient tablet somewhere? <laughs> no, Ned,
0: but you're close. I was in the gents.
1: For two hours? And where's Poppy Picasso?
0: Well, he's in there too, Ned. That's where he gets some of his best work done. (laughs) I was posing for a portrait, but it came out a bit more abstract than I care for. I always thought it was unnatural to have both eyes on the same side of your head, though it does come natural for me to talk out of both sides of my mouth. (laughs) Anyhow, he's the artist, and I have every reason to trust his judgment and the judgment of his team of extra motivated advisors. Wolfie, I thought I heard a horse. Is there a horse out there?
1: No, Commodore, just those code pink ladies again. Go back to your painting. We've got to get Mr. Ned out here! If the Commodore catches a glimpse of Ned, and how rambunctious he is, he'll go mad! Completely bunker town, Also known as Mad! Wrong episode! Wait a minute! It is the right one! That sounds like a horse, Wolfie! No, no, Commodore! Get out! Stay out! Wait!
0: Why doesn't Ned just disguise himself? We could call up to the Free Enterprise and just have them manufacture a costume from Elizabethan England or from mid-20th century Germany. They could just beam it down right onto him. Mr. Sulu?
1: Yes, what is it
0: now? Mr. Sulu, we need a Waffen-SS uniform for Mr. Ned. Make it tasteful, meaning not completely plastic. Though it might be handy if we could clean it with a sponge.
1: Please just beam it right down onto him. Make him a colonel. Chop-chop. Mr. Ned. Ned here. It's about Mr. Pearl. Is it okay if I do a code seven on him? Permission granted. Aye, sir. Wait! Well, I'm- I'm disappearing! Ned, what is a code seven? Shut up, Pearl! Sulu, is the deed done! Aye, sir. Transporter turbo wedgie accomplished. Sending him back your way now. Oh! Help! My waistband is looped over my chin, and I think I'm getting gangrene! Nice work, Sulu. Now you can beam down one of those foul weather tents. You know, the type we couldn't lay our hands on when you almost roasted to death on Cracker Fry 9. I'll just wear it like a raincoat so the Commodore Bush doesn't cluster bomb his britches when he sees me.
0: Hehehe, <laughs> Mr. Britches. Whoa! <laughs> hey, Ned, where'd you go? I was looking right at you, and, and suddenly you just weren't there!
1: I'm under this turk, Willard! Don't you know anything? Jesus! Okay, wolf of half-wits, get Leonardo Bodinsky out here before we all grow old and die! Commodore Bush, it's safe to come out now. Somebody led the horsey away and left these two big friendly men in a sausage skin in its place.
0: Hot dog! Light's a lot better out here than in the bathroom, though the subject matter ain't as good. <laughs> my theme for this week is subway toilets. See any of them out here? Which reminds me, I'm working on a new canvas. This time I'm gonna paint the Free Enterprise. That's my ship, Commodore, and it could use a paint job. But heck, sir, we've got servants to do that for us. We pay them an oxygen and they get their wages when the job is done. Gives them the incentive to work faster. Typically though, they just work quieter and then they all go AWOL. All gone without a trace. They don't even come back to pick up their pay. (laughs) You're a funny man, I like you. But no matter what you say, I ain't eating those pretzels and I ain't going back to being no decider again. The only deciding I want to do is between raw umber and burnt umber. That's a big choice when
3: you're an artist. Oh boy, Commodore, please listen. The pretzels will help you, uh, to be a better artist.
0: What it really means is that we need your talent, Commodore. You gave the Confederation the greatest gift a man could give. Lower marginal tax rates and effective elimination of estate taxes. That kind of sacrifice puts you in the pantheon of starfleet superheroes like Reagan, Thatcher, Lee Kwan, Crotus, and Friedman. By the way, those last three are senior partners in Bane Galactic's law firm. You know, I used to play Zero Gravity Highlight with Gabaxnigal Crotus on board weekends. Funny story.
1: Focus, Willard! Focus!
0: <laughs> Common you need to eat those pretzels pronto, and here's why. He's one bad eccentric bush, still is one of our kind. He'll always land upon a cushion on his guilty be Flows in his bloodstream. You can't deny that Sun is privileged. His nouveau riche legacy. There's an ease set up outside. Another self-portrait in his private bedroom Glory, he once fulfilled his destiny Back
2: then he filled out
0: we need you back at the center of the action, Commodore. We need you to get the old band back together. Like Wolfie here. He looks like he could use a decent job. And Mr. Pearl here. How can you say no to those sweet, doe-like eyes?
1: Where is dough middle?
0: You don't need the whole group, of course. Skylar Jet and Lionel Richie probably have better things to do with their time. No dash, Willie. And don't keep calling me Commodore. That's why I think you're a star fleece. Gosh, he just slapped a big brown splooed to paint on his rudimentary depiction of the free enterprise. I feel that the God-given economic system of the entire Confederation has now been soiled. Quick, we need a team to get up there and clean it off fast. I'd lead them myself, but I'm incapacitated. It seems my underwear band is wrapped completely around my neck again.
1: <laughs> Bridge to Captain. Romney here, go ahead, Mr. Sulu. <laughs> oh, I was hoping Mr. Ned would answer. Okay then, Captain, the Free Enterprise has just been hit by some kind of force dampening field. Controls are frozen, sir. This is Ned Sulu. Weller just saw something shiny. Namely, the horseshoe had just waved in his face. What's the source of the dampening field? Engineer Welsh cutting in, sir. It doesn't seem to be coming from anywhere. It's just all around us, like a blue fog at Anglesey, and we kind of move. Strange. Mr. Ned, you don't think that that Commodore Bush is
0: causing it with his paintbrush, do you? What do you
1: think, Pearl? How the hell do I know? I mean, it happened right after he painted that spooge on the Free Enterprise. Yeah, but if you use that logic, the sploods might be what's causing you to talk like an idiot right now. Though you never seem to need that kind of prompting before. No, seriously, if it's true,
0: the Commodore has almost godlike power to make things happen. Think of what he could do for me with
1: all that power. No, don't think about it. The power is mine. Don't you understand? <laughs> mine. Oh, Jesus, sounds like the war of the chicken hawks is just about to begin.
0: Now, now, boys, don't get angry with one another. There's plenty of limitless power to go around. And the good thing about godlike power is that even when you share, it remains omnipotent and unlimited. That means you can smite the ones you share it with and then at some
1: later juncture, take their share all for yourself. I say, I cannot believe what I'm hearing out of you gentlemen. You presume to arrogate to yourself the power of Almighty God? That is blasphemy, from which there is no redemption. Jesus himself will take a staff to your backsides for this. Oh no,
0: are we headed for that holy spanking machine in the sky, deck? Oh no.
1: Hey, wait a minute. God
0: gave Commodore Bush the power to paint his own reality, and he gave us the power to talk him into using it, um, wisely. How do you know Jesus would take exception to that?
1: That's simple, Mr. Pearl. Ow! i job. make any sense, Coburn! Christ, I hate these musical episodes! Look, Pearly, that power is mine! I saw it first. The Commodore's gift will make me Lord of the Galaxy. I will use it as a force to liberate people, people like me. In fact, I intend on using as much of their money as possible pay me to liberate them!
3: personally think I deserve a bonus for just coming up with the idea.
1: But
0: Wolfie, I am people like you. I even became a virtual freemason for some reason.
1: Listen you two douchebags. You don't need the Commodore's magic powers. His brother Jeb's already running for lord of the galaxy. The guy's a shoe-in because he's a freaking idiot. He's probably already named both of you to his transition team. So just go online, buy a ticket to Fort Lauderdale, and start ringing up those billable hours. Then you could leave the Commodore in peace with his picture painting. Hey, Mr. Guy in a Horsesuit,
0: how do you know so much about my family? Jeb hasn't even said he's running for Supreme Leader yet. Well, he hasn't said it for
1: keeps anyhow. Well, I got a little surprise for you, Commodore. Let me pull this stupid tarp off first. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a horse, a talking horse. I must be, I must be out of my mind. Don't look, Commodore, you'll only hurt yourself more. Relax, this won't hurt as much as Pearl's song. There be a ventriloquism To persecute him No, please don't visit We're mortified talking horse Can't leave you Painting your pictures It's hard
4: pill to swallow You once gave
1: them For some opportunity How to give up nothing You're bankrupt and clean Bye! Far worse than pearls. Did you write that? I understand now. Hey, <laughs> it's as clear as stove-piped intelligence,
0: Wolfie. The horseman is right. It's not right for you to confine yourself to Plamet Crawford too and pin your hopes on me. I'm a painter now and totally crackers. You should work for my brother Jeb. He's not a painter anyway. He-he-he-he. <laughs> Wolfie,
1: Wolfie. No, he's gone, Commodore. He left the minute I told him about your brother. Well, golly
0: gee willikers. Looks like we're gonna have a happy ending all the way around. And I don't mean in the gay way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, except for Pearl. He's outside shouting at the animation of Wolfowitz's rocket ship lifting off. I told him it's just the same stock animation that we use every time someone takes off. But he didn't seem to care. Wolfowitz! Come back! Don't leave me here, Wolf of Oh, the so pain. That's how your consultancy work crumbles.
3: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: hey. One last thing, Commodore. Can you paint that energy-dampening field out of your portrait of the Free Enterprise so that we can continue our journey of plunder? I mean, discovery? And plunder? Not sure what you're talking about, Willy. when it comes to my artwork, I am the decider.
1: Solo, what's happening up there? Uh, not too much, Mr. Dead. Welsh is asleep with his bottle, as usual. The Nixon android is giving a televised address to his mirror. I think it just broke his fifth one. What about the power dampening field? Uh, right. Uh, turns out it was a brownout. Apparently Mr. Wells forgot to pay the power bill last month. Not sure why Lord Rottenberry tasked him to do that. Anyhow, I used the captain's visa card to get the lights back on.
0: Consider yourself on report, Mr. Sulu. You should know better than to use a visa card on utility transactions. The proper protocol is to call the ship's broker and have him buy a majority stake in the power company, get a seat on the board, put the assets into derivatives, then short sell the company. And when it fails, use some of the money to buy power.
1: <laughs> power. I
0: captain. Wait a minute. You mean the commodore doesn't control
1: events by painting them before they happen? He doesn't have a godlike superpower. Not unless he turns into a three-toed freak every time he gets angry. What's the matter, Pearl? Did you just see your last chance at those riches float away on little angel wings? If I say yes, will I get another
0: number seven? I'm fresh out of clean space briefs. Now, boys, boys, (laughs) let's not get all worked up over a pile of spinach. Mr. Solo?
1: Aye, sir.
0: This is Captain Willard Metellius Ramney. Cue the whimsical ending music and prepare to beam us up. Our work here is done.
1: All right, as long as it means that this impossibly lame episode is over.